0: Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 86 of In the Middle of It, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so happy that you're with me today. Now, one of the hardest things about being a parent or a teacher is watching your teens suffer. Now, whether it's disappointment in a grade that they earned or experiencing the challenges that come with friends and relationships, it really just flat out sucks when they hurt. But here's the issue. If we don't dig any further than that, we can do our teens more harm than good. And here's why. I don't know if you guys recall the Biosphere 2 experiment that happened, the first one I think was between 1991 and 1993, but a story came out of it that I still find fascinating and so applicable. This Biosphere 2 was kind of a recreation in a bubble of all the different ecosystems and environments on Earth, and people went into it and were supposed to stay there for like two years without any outside help and trying to be self-sustaining. Anyway, the trees in the biosphere grew at a crazy fantastic rate, much more quickly than in Earth's normal conditions. But what the scientists didn't realize until the trees started toppling and dying is that they hadn't developed any of the kind of wood that they needed, which is called stress wood, to survive. And they had to figure out why not and what they discovered is the trees were toppling because they had not experienced any kind of wind because it takes the pressure of strong winds to help trees develop deep root systems and the strong type of wood that they need to survive and thrive now i'm going to let that sink in for a second because what that is saying is that it takes stress and struggle for trees to develop resiliency. I'm wondering if you're seeing where I'm heading with this, because the same thing is true with our teens. If we like the biosphere, a place that was literally a bubble, protect and insulate our teens and try to create the perfect atmosphere for them, it might actually impede their growth and set them up for a fall. So I'm going to challenge you to think about your own life here for a second. I want you, without even really thinking about it, to just rattle off in your mind three times in your life when you've had just huge spurts of um, emotional, mental growth, or when you've learned the most, just right off the top of your head. Okay, you've got them. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb. And sorry about all the tree metaphors today, and say that at least one, maybe more, came from a painful or at the very least challenging season. Maybe even one that was a result of some kind of failure on your part. And if that's not true for you, I would really love to hear from you. Truly, DM me on Facebook or on Instagram, and I'd love to know your story. Because I think most of us, the most impactful lessons that we learn come out of painful experiences or failures that we have experienced. So anyway, I think that learning things the hard way, going on the field trip, so to speak, creates the most lasting lessons, which means that when we protect our teens from failure, we're stunting their growth and keeping them from some valuable life lessons. Which is super easy to say when I'm in my right mind, talking to you with my whole brain engaged, including my very logical and mature prefrontal cortex. But in those moments of stress, when my teens are hurting because of failure or rejection, let me tell you, all bets are off. Which means if I want to teach and parent in the way that reflects my values, I have to come up with a plan ahead of time. And that's what I want to share with you guys today, because it is better teaching and better parenting when you allow your teens to fail. Now, I realize that some of you may need some convincing. So I want to address a couple more things before I dive into looking at what that planning might be. First, I think it goes without saying that as humans, failure is just a part of our experience. And if we can embrace the idea that there are going to be failures and setbacks and disappointments, then we can help our teens navigate those seasons without rescuing them. Because rescuing often implies the idea that there's something wrong here. And if we can normalize failures and setbacks and make them part of our teen's everyday experiences, then they will be able to take those instances in stride and really roll with it. In fact, I love the lyrics from um, one of Jason Mraz's songs, which, and I'll, I'll put a link to it in my show notes. I can't remember the title off the top of my head, but the lyric is, you win some, you learn some. And I love that because that's exactly the mindset that I'm talking about here. Failure is not losing, it's learning. Okay. Secondly, I am not suggesting that we are going to throw our teens to the wolves or even have a suck it up buttercup type of mentality. I think it's important to acknowledge that it is challenging to let our kids walk through pain even when we know that it's beneficial. And not rescuing and letting them fail are not the same things as not helping them. Which brings me to my third point. One of the biggest reasons that I'm comfortable with letting my teens fail and suffer while they're with me growing up is that if I don't, when they do finally experience it, and remember it's a given, then it's going to be when I'm not around to help them through it. Letting them fail now means that I'm with them, pacing the sidelines as everything unfolds and coaching them through it. Plus, failing now is not gonna have the same level of consequences for our teens as when they're adults. Failure now, when they're teens, is relatively low risk. The stakes are only going to get higher and higher the older they get. So having said all that, here are some things that you can do as you let things hit the fan with for your teens. Okay, the first thing on my list is you need to work to create a proactive plan. So this strategy of letting teens experience failure is not you springing it on your teen. It's you carefully communicating what responsibilities are theirs and what are yours and then sticking to those boundaries. So to give you an idea, here are some of the things that we've laid out for our teens in our household that they are responsible for that we let them fully take on. So they have to wake up on their own. They have to make their own school lunches, or they can choose to buy them from the cafeteria. And if they choose to buy, it's their responsibility to let us know when they need money added to their accounts. Um, They do their own laundry. They keep track of their own homework and assignments and extracurriculars. And they manage their own schedules, like setting up their study time and dividing up larger projects and things like that. They have to keep Philip and I informed of anything that might impact our family schedules or anything they might need from us in a timely fashion. So we have a family calendar. Um, I'll put a link to the the one that we use in the show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP86. And they are responsible for recording anything like any performances they have or meetings that we need to be present for or performances permission slip, due dates, et cetera, on there. So once you have your plan in place, the next thing that you want to make sure of is that you are not jumping in to fix things. That's the next point. Don't jump in to fix things. Now, you want to be there to listen to them and to empathize with with whatever they're going through, And you can do that by asking open-ended questions to guide them through how to handle the situation. Um, If you're looking for some of those, you can listen to the previous episode, episode 85, which is all about good open-ended questions that you can use. And you can talk to them when it's not in the heat of the moment about how to advocate for themselves, especially in things like holding boundaries with friends or talking to their teachers when there's some kind of issue or conflict and you can talk to them about how to handle relationship struggles. The idea with not jumping in to fix things for them is that it doesn't mean that you're not there for them with emotional support and with um, some gentle guidance, but you are not fixing the things. You're not solving it for them. You're having them do it for themselves. Okay. The next thing with this is that You really wanna build in some grace and flexibility to this strategy. So I like to keep in mind the fact that we all make mistakes. And because of that, I like to plan for it for my kids, which means every year, every school year, we give our teens one free pass, basically, where if they've forgotten something at home, like homework or um, their lunch or a permission slip or whatever, We'll bring it to them because everybody makes mistakes, right? The other thing we do for them that is building flexibility in is we give them one mental health day a year because I don't know about you, I would be lost without a mental health day every year. So why do, why would I think my kids don't need something similar? Now, I know that may be controversial for some educators and parents out there, but I know my teens and they're conscientious and they work really hard. And if I thought that this was something that they would take advantage of, and quite honestly, as a teen, I probably would have, um, this wouldn't be an option for them. But like I said before, even as adults, we need the occasional mental health day, so I'm okay with it. And then I would say with this grace and flexibility, I would carefully choose when you are and when you are not going to give your teens reminders. And here's a good litmus test to ask yourself. this characteristic of my teen? if the answer is no then a gentle reminder might be in order for whatever it is that they're dealing with but if the answer is yes if this is something that they characteristically are not following through on or you have to consistently do something for them or um, fix it for them then it might be better to bite your tongue don't give the reminder even if you can see the writing on the wall about the consequence that they're gonna face, because the consequence is going to help them remember the next time to step into their responsibility. Okay, the next point for this is, don't rub your hands together with an evil laugh, eagerly awaiting an opportunity to teach your teen a lesson. And here's why I'm throwing this in. I think I've actually read an author who's written several parenting books and that's the tone that I've gotten from what he has said and shared, like it's, you know, ha ha ha, I'm going to get you and you're going to experience this consequence. And I told you, and you know, that kind of thing. That is not what I'm saying. This is not a gotcha strategy. It's about taking small steps towards independence and coaching your teens along the way. Now, having said that, if you notice that there's an area where your teen does need to grow, This can be a great way to help them along. You can set up opportunities for them to practice being in charge of themselves and stick to your boundaries. Don't rescue them. Make it clear what those responsibilities are and that it's up to them to meet those responsibilities. Now, as an example, at one point, my son was having trouble getting up as early as he needed to. So we reminded him um, after several weeks and several kind of grumpy mornings, that he was in charge of getting himself up on time. And we asked him what his plan was to make that happen because I would be walking out the door to go to my office by a certain time each day. If he wasn't ready, he would have to walk to school. Then we let him work on his plan and we talked talked to him about it, walked through it with him. And we were truly rooting for him to follow through on that plan. But it took a couple of days of him walking in the cold to make that change happen. Now, was I concerned that he would be cold or too cold? Absolutely, yes. But I knew logically that it was highly unlikely to adversely affect him because we live in Texas and winter here is definitely walkable and we're within a mile and a half of the school. Clearly, I am not recommending that you do anything that puts your child in danger. But again, the consequences have to be real and immediate to help the lesson take so to speak okay now the last thing that i'm going to point out here which i am sure you've already been thinking along these lines anyway so i'm sure it's no surprise to you but you need to be prepared for some pushback because it is developmentally appropriate for teens to question your rules and question your rhyme and reason for those roles And this strategy is no different. And it's also developmentally appropriate for teens to push and prod to see if you really mean what you're saying. And they will pull out their full arsenal to do that. So be prepared for the big guns when you're making these kinds of changes. It's gonna be uncomfortable, not just because change is uncomfortable in general, but because a change to taking full personal responsibility in areas where mom and dad have previously held it That has the potential to rock their worlds. And when you experience that pushback, remember that you're in this for the long-term growth of your teens, not their short-term comfort. It is really hard when they're arguing that they can't walk to school because they're going to get very sick. Just look, mom, I've already got a runny nose. You know, it's really hard when they're pointing out all the ways this is going to be uncomfortable and painful for them to, to hold firm, to stay the course. And it's highly likely that they'll try to push the responsibility back onto your plate. As in, why can't you drive me? I don't have a clean uniform for the game. Coach is going to be really mad if I can't play because you didn't wash my uniform. Now, a good rule of thumb in these situations is to empathize with them, but again, keep from, from rescuing them. So saying things along the lines of, oh man, I hate that you did not get up in enough time for me to give you a ride. It really stinks that you have to walk to school. Let's make sure you have an extra sweatshirt to wear. Or something along the lines of, I imagine your coach will be really upset about your dirty uniform. That's gonna be hard. What's your plan for telling him why you didn't get it done? So you get the idea. You're creating a situation where it's not you versus them, It's them versus their responsibilities. Okay, so those are the five things that you can do to help your teens fail. Create a plan. Don't fix things. Build in some grace. Don't delight in teaching them a lesson and be ready for them to push back. And there's one more thing I wanted to touch on here. A question that comes up around this is how far do I let this go? And I can't answer that because only you know your teens. You have to be very aware of what will be more harmful than good as far as their failures are concerned. And I think the secret to the letting them fail strategy is this. It's more about empowering them to become more independent and better self-advocates than it is about letting them experience pain. We know that the bottom line is that like those trees in the biosphere, it's going to take some stress for our teens to grow strong and resilient. But that doesn't mean abandoning them to a hurricane. There are going to be some times when it's appropriate to step in for them. You have to decide which ones those are based on what's characteristics of you, your family and your teens and what your values and beliefs are. Knowing your teen is so very important, and it's actually something that I talked about in one of the first few episodes of the podcast, and I'm going to share a link to that episode in my show notes if you want to check that out, and that's going to be at theishgirl.com forward slash EP86. Okay, friends, thanks for hanging out with me today. I so enjoy our time together. If in the middle of it encourages or helps you in any way, it would mean the world to me for you to leave me a rating and review on iTunes. That's the very best way to help other people just like you find the podcast. And from an ish girl who cannot tell you how glad I am that my teens are responsible for their own laundry, um, that is just pure bliss for me. I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together.